welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And it's probably going to be another one, I mean another short one, um, another just kind of a parallel thought to what I had been thinking last week about how things aren't supposed to be perfect, our bodies aren't supposed to be perfect, our life isn't supposed to be perfect, our job's not supposed to be perfect, nothing's supposed to be perfect, and somehow we have this feeling that uh, it is, and we benchmark off of this uh, unrealistic expectation of perfection, and then when our expectations are not met, then that um, that's where our frustration uh, grows because we have this uh, delusion, I'll call it. <laughs> you can disagree if you want. We'll just agree to disagree probably. But we have this delusion that that things are supposed to be different than they are. And so I've been thinking a little bit more about that over the last several days. And then I recently was um, invited last minute to uh, share some thoughts for a digital fireside. I'll give you details on that maybe at some point. And uh, the fireside topic was loving yourself and loving others. And so because I had I had been thinking about this anyways, it wasn't hard for me to come uh, to bring some thoughts, put those together. And so I just want to share, I was thinking about recording um, this episode uh, in conjunction, actually just kind of dual recording. And, and I didn't have the technology to technology to make that happen. So I, um, I'm just going to recreate <laughs> some of the thoughts that I, uh, that I have shared slash will share on that digital fireside. So, um, the, really where this kind of started, uh, in my, in my brain as my cat is <laughs> running through the house like a crazy animal. Um, a few months ago, I was coaching somebody and she had a couple things that she brought to the session. She said, I, I'm thinking about, I, there's some money issues I want to talk about and there's some family issues. And, and I love coaching on, uh, really I love coaching, but I love coaching on relationships because I've learned so much and, and, uh, have found ways to make relationships, uh, really enriching for me. And, um, so I asked her though, what do you want to focus on? She wanted to focus on the money things. And, and the short version of the story is that she uh, is not hurting for money, but she feels like she's not contributing uh, in, in the way that she imagines that she should to the family finances. And she feels some judgment for that. And some of it is self-imposed and some of it is from other people, not necessarily her husband, but um, other family members. And, the um, thought, the thought came to me uh, to to share something with her that had come up on a different previous coaching session that I had had with somebody else, uh, and this other person had asked me, "Does it all boil down to our own individual worth?" And my answer to her, the second woman that I was coaching at the time, was, "I think it. I think a lot of it does." And so I shared that story with this this woman. And she sat and just uh, kind of gave me the mind, the mind blown type of expression that oh, 
you know, I think you're right. I think it all comes down to our self-worth or our, the, the value that we each bring to the world. And so the question that I would ask is, what is your value? What value I'm not asking about what value do you add to the workplace or to your family or to whatever. I'm asking what value do you bring to the world? What is your worth? And what gives you that worth? What gives you that value? What gives you that, that, um, and I don't know if there's a better word for it. What gives you that worth? And I'm going to suggest that that worth is intrinsic. It is not based on anything that you do or don't do. It's not based on anything you say or don't say. It's not based on your finances. It's not based on your bank account. It's not based on your job title. It's not based on how many kids you have. It's not based on whether or not you graduated from college. It's not based on anything at all except for the fact that you exist. The fact that you were born means you have value. Now, from a religious standpoint, from an eternal perspective, um, my argument would come from the Doctrine and Covenants that says the worth of a soul is great in the sight of God. I will echo that. I think that the worth of a soul is great. And it doesn't uh, specify that only souls that are worth more than X dollars are great. It doesn't say only souls that have these worldly contributions or achievements are great. It doesn't say any of that. It's the worth of a soul, the, the existence of a soul means that that soul has infinite worth. It has infinite value, regardless or irregardless, depends on <laughs> how you want to say it, of what you do or what you believe or what you have, or what you achieve. None of that makes any difference at all. So I told the story of the young woman at camp. I've told the story on the podcast before, and I'll, I'll share the story briefly, that uh, I was at girls camp several years ago uh, with a church group. Um, I had the responsibility for uh, assisting some uh, in some... Um, uh, some ways there are just a few men. Most of the the people there, um, the the camp itself was designed for the girls from about twelve to eighteen years old, and uh, the leaders were all women. And then there were a couple of men. We were just there to offer support and do some of the heavy lifting. We we did um, also. We offered priesthood blessings. We would offer blessings for those girls who were sick or were homesick or whatever the situation was, and we. Uh, Alternated. There were times that um, I would be the one who would offer the blessing, and there were times that the other uh, man that I was with would offer the blessings, and and so we bounced back and forth. And I had this this moment that um, I was asked. I was pulled away from doing something that seemed to be pretty important at the time, and was asked to um, give a blessing to one of the weird kids. <laughs> this was a girl who was not super popular. And she had kind of an unusual request, and it was just just odd. And I remember thinking, she deserves my full attention. She deserves to have me focused entirely on her and her needs. So we went into this cabin. It was uh, this young woman and the other, uh, 
the other man, Christian, that I was with, and there were, I think, a couple a couple of the camp leaders. And we just chatted for a minute. I remember quieting my mind that the other things, the other responsibility that I had would be taken care of. It would. I had people that were well uh, qualified to handle the things that needed to be done and to stall, really, until I got back. And I... Um, I put my hands on this girl's head to offer a, a priesthood blessing of comfort. And the feeling that I got was immense and powerful. And I cannot describe it other than to say, I felt the deep love that God has for her. I felt the, I felt it. And it wasn't that I had a thought that, she is deeply loved. No, I felt it. I felt this, this immense, um, beyond my own capacity, uh, love for that, that her father in heaven has for her. I felt it. And the, um, kind of companion story to that was there was a moment and I don't remember if it was, uh, long after this, or maybe shortly before, I think it was after that I was feeling, it was just one of those moments that I was feeling kind of unnoticed and not, um, remembered by, I, I, it just, I just felt like I was, um, disconnected. And I remember considering kneeling down, praying to God, do you even know who I am? Do you care? And I had that same kind of experience where I felt this, this deep, powerful sense of love from the divine. And so I have put those two stories, those two experiences together um, with the lesson that I believe that if God feels that way about this weird girl at girls camp. And if God feels that way about me, then he probably feels that way about you too. And that's a powerful realization for a couple of reasons. Number one, if I'm that deeply loved by God, if you think I'm weird (laughs) or different or not funny or whatever, I have somebody who loves me regardless. And my wife, <laughs> poor Marcy, and I bring her into things all the time. She loves me. and But but uh, I have to say that her love probably pales in comparison to what God feels for me. And the difference that that's made for me has been incredible. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at this. But the difference has made for me has been really surprising. I grew up with a really weak self-esteem. I have, um, I, I was shy. I was insecure. I was very introverted and I uh, am an overthinker. And so are I, I have been, <laughs> maybe not so much now, but I would overthink things and made things mean that I was not as good or as strong or as important or as likable as pick a person. It could be 
the the kids that I grew up with, people in school, whatever. And coming back to this moment, knowing a little bit better who I am, who I am to my Father in Heaven, has made a big difference. So when I am talking to people at work, for example, and I hear that, well, you know, you know, so-and-so doesn't think you're all that great of a manager. (laughs) I think that earlier versions of myself would have been um, bothered by that and maybe offended. And maybe, uh, maybe that would have been devastating to some degree. And when I heard that, which is something that I heard, (laughs) it kind of cracks me up. Well, you know, she just doesn't think that you're all that great as a manager. And I just kind of laughed and I thought, yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay. I don't care what she thinks. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are too. You can point them out. And if that makes you feel better, then shoot me an email and tell me what I'm not good at. And um, maybe I'll work on those things. Maybe I will care. Maybe I won't care. Um, I don't think that it's our responsibility or our requirement to become excellent at everything. And there are things that I'm simply not great at, and I'm going to maybe improve on some of those, and some of them maybe I won't. But um, I think that that has uh, made a big difference for me and uh, what I will call self-confidence. And so the, the kind of the, the corollary to that, if God feels that way about this weird girl, and he feels that way about me, and he feels that way about you, then how should I treat you? And it has become harder for me to intentionally be unkind to somebody when I know how deeply loved they are by by their heavenly parents. It, (laughs) like I said, I'm not perfect. And so there are times that I unintentionally am unkind, but it has become harder for me to be intentionally unkind. And, um, one of the things I was, I was chatting with, um, Cindy, shout out to Cindy's uh, for, uh, we were just kind of talking about this, this idea and she summarized it so beautifully. She said, I think loving others boils down to letting them be themselves and liking them for who they are. And I don't know if that's exactly right, but that's pretty close to what she said. And, um, I think that's I think that's it. I don't have to make you become who I think you should be. I can just accept who you are and love you for it. Doesn't mean that I don't have expectations that you should wash the dishes or clean your room or whatever if you're one of my kids. It just means that who you are, your natural gifts and your natural weaknesses as well, I can just accept it. I can just love you for it. And that, I think, is such a true way of expressing love for somebody is to just let them be them. And then where there are are opportunities that maybe I can um, offer suggestions, and certainly, especially when asked, I don't think that it's always appropriate to force my recommendations on you. But sometimes I do that. Sorry. (laughs) Not really. Sometimes I'm sorry. But certainly if you want to improve and you come and ask me for for advice or for thoughts or or for recommendations, 
then um, I can share some things that have been successful for me. But um, I don't think that there's a requirement for anybody to become like me or to become like um, anybody else. I think the requirement is for us to become like Christ. I think that's what the whole point is. And there are areas where I'm closer to that and areas where I'm farther away. And there are areas where I will continue to work to um, narrow that gap. And there are areas where that gap is going to continue to be wide. And some of those might might be blind spots that I have. But I'll get there. Uh, there's no <laughs> There's no requirement that I hit 100% of perfection by any given target. And I think uh, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think that, well, by the time I'm pick an age, I need to be pick a level of perfection. And I don't, I just don't think that's right. I think that uh, we're on a, an, an earthly journey that is going to lead us to um, what I hope is eternal blessings. And our, our journey is, is our own. I don't think that our journey has to look like any specific journey. And hopefully I will continue to improve. And hopefully as I do that, my ability to love me and my ability to love others will deepen. And that would also, I think, mean that my relationship with myself, my relationship with others, my relationship with God would also deepen. My connection with myself, with others, and with God would become stronger. That's a bit. That's about it. That's those are my thoughts. I think that um, how it kind of connects with what we talked about last week is that we can just drop the expectation that we should be different than we are. We are who we are. And if there's something that we don't like, we can work to change it. There are books, there are podcasts, there are classes, there are scriptures, there are all sorts of resources that we can use. There are other people who are willing to give advice. Some of it's good, some of it's not good. But there are all sorts of ways that we can improve those those, uh, characteristics that we want to improve. So let's work on improving those, but also kind of drop the expectation that we should be better than we are at any of the other characteristics where we're not where we're not where we imagine that we will want to end up ultimately. So there you go. That's it. That's my wisdom. Give me a couple of days. I'll have more wisdom that I'll share and uh, we'll come to you again next week. Hope, uh, hope it's a great weekend for you and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to chocolate cake bites. Please like share, subscribe and give us a five-star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas and you can reach out to me at Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?